and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always become supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution. I'm Dan Ellis. I'm Matt Mitchell. No, you're not. Matt's Um, not here. I'm Ryan Duffy. Matt's out taking care of some family shit. Fucking family's fucking shit up. Goddamn kids, man. Kids, am I right? Yeah. I don't know. Fuck up everything. (laughs) No. No, uh, apparently he's got to take care of some stuff for his son so that he can play football. Yep. Coming up soon. And so Matt is not in studio with us, but we are joined in studio by one of the most recent. People who to have been voted onto the board for atheists of Utah, Mr. Kevin Newman. Hello. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're very excited to have yeah. you in here, man. Uh I don't really have a whole lot prepared tonight. I just wanted to have a little conversation, hear more about you, and learn learn all about all of the cool things that make Kevin Kevin. Yeah, you're in the hot seat. Uh just ask away. I <laughs> I I haven't prepared anything either. I've just uh, planned on winging it. Awesome. Before we do that, maybe we should talk a little bit about what's been going on at the uh, RNC this week. Yeah, we can talk about that a little bit. It's been some crazy things. We've got a pastor who comes out and instantly thinks that God is very much into partisan politics. Yes. And the pastor beseeches God to ensure that liberalism will die a slow and painful death. Because we're like a bunch of Russians trying to take over the world. What else we've got? Melania Trump plagiarizing Michelle and Obama's speech from the 2008 convention. And, and Rick Rolling. Yes. And yes, Rick Rolling. Rick Roll. pretty, yes, Donald Trump will never give you up. He'll never Rick let you down. down. Except for his other wives. I bet they have a different tune about that. Yeah, one. Ivana's sitting at home just Going, stewing. He fucked me over. Well, he gave <laughs> me up. I mean, and some of his businesses that he gave up. And immigrant workers that he gave up on. All of the people who attended um, Trump University that he let down. Yeah. Paying his bills. So I don't know if that really works very well. He seems like he's given up on a lot of people. He gives up on a whole lot of shit, really. Actually, I we were talking a little bit before the show, and I read a couple articles today that says that he wants to win the presidency, but he doesn't really want to do the job of being president, uh, which is a big part of the reason why he chose Mike Pence as his running mate. He plans to just turn everything over to him, and so Donald's job will be to make America great, and Mike Pence's job will be to run the U.S. Basically, make America great by proxy. Yeah, yeah. He'll so. be he'll be doing the day to day things that the president would normally be doing. I, I think I think he left part of that whole make America great thing out. I think it continues on into a big pile of shit. Well, we talked a little bit about the show a little bit before the show, also about how. You know, Donald Trump's primary slogan of make America great again 
basically translates to America as shit. Yeah. I, I want to be the, the head guy of a shitty country and hope that I can take it back to the 50s when... We're going to make it take it from a shitty country into an abusive country. Yeah. Let's let's make everybody feel like turds again if they're minorities. You know, yeah. let's, let's put the gay people back in the closet, the black people back in the fields, the women back in the kitchens. Let's make America great again. I mean, that's what their platform is basically kind of going towards a little bit. It must resonate. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of well, people uh, think this guy isn't horseshit? Uh, we, well, <laughs> we're like at forty percent. Is that? I don't. I don't understand how anybody. I mean, ignores I, it. Well, no. I, I. I guess I do understand why so many people are supporters of him. They're the the bigots. And it's bigoted people and really fucking stupid people, or both. And you can't claim ignorance anymore. We have the Google machine. We can look up this information and see that he doesn't have a platform, really, and the stuff that he's talking about will fail, and his past history and what he's talked about, like, he's been a bigoted person for quite a while. I'm torn by the the statement that they're stupid people, because... On one, on the one hand, I want to completely agree with it because it seems just objectively true. And on the other, we have the the group of people that I know personally, or that I'm sure we all know uh, a few at least that will not let go of the the Bernie camp. Will not uh, yeah. aside aside from uh, Trump's platform. They will not uh, condone voting for yeah. Hillary. That that she's the worst thing ever. Um, that that their hatred of her for whatever her uh, her flaws are. Mm-hmm. That 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 it doesn't matter who ran in opposition. They're not voting for Trump for anything that Trump does or says. They're voting anti-Hillary. Yeah, and it, it, I think you can tie that into any number of religious beliefs that. Listen, I'm just going to uh, I'm going to throw certain uh facts to the wayside because this these facts here or these these uh passages here really fit my narrative and I'm going to go balls to the wall yeah. to to make sure that that happens. And if and if those yeah. and if you find something that doesn't fit your narrative, you'll either move churches or just just con- discount that altogether. Like, yeah, oh, they'll no, they'll disregard uh, everything that doesn't fit with their narrative yeah. to accept the things that does or the things that do. It, I don't know. I, I, everybody that I know that says that they actually support Donald Trump and tries to provide a cogent reason as to why that is, it, they, they can't even really give a good reason about why. They're like libertarians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the people I hear, I got one guy that I work with that he thinks it's good reasons, but I'm like, no, that's fucked up. He always goes to, well, Trump's going to uh, fix all of our trade deals. Mm-hmm. He's going to get China to, to, you know, pay tariffs and, and bring jobs back to America and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, do you honestly think China's going to play ball with Trump? <laughs> they have no need to. They can continue going the way they are, or they can just completely fuck us over if we try to fuck with them. Yeah, I don't think that they're worried about it. No. I don't, I don't think that uh, anything that Trump could say would, would frighten them. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everybody's like, well, he's a good, he's a good businessman. He's good at making deals. The fun, the funniest thing about the, the the businessman is that from everything that I've read or heard, I, I don't have the the numbers off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but it 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 sounds like if Trump had only taken his in- inheritance and put it in common stocks, common funds, 
uh, index funds, he would be more wealthy than he is now. And yeah, which he cannot beat the market. So how can he be a genius? Yeah, <laughs> like that, that. The one thing I think would would that would be a business genius or a business. Uh, I don't know what's a step down from genius, but um, something that, that, that savant. Yeah, <laughs> but he can't beat the market. Yeah, he he's he's and he runs businesses into the ground. So that, that's, that's 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 the other thing is he's rich because he's run a bunch of businesses, a bunch of ideas, had a lot fail. He's had some succeed. But if you look at someone like like Bill Gates, he had one business and he did phenomenal at one business. That's all he needed was one business, and he's a good businessman. He kept that business alive and made billions of dollars off of it. I don't know how many businesses uh, Bill Gates has, but I think his intelligence is quite a bit higher. And, yeah. And it, probably his, his morality is quite a bit more uh, I, I know he does a lot sure of stuff footing. that I, I – Yeah, his intelligence, his yeah, ethics, yeah. his morality, all of those, I'm sure, no, are I, – I, Leaps and bounds above Donald Trump. I can't remember what the dollar number was that he gives away to charity every year, but it's a dollar or two. It's just about two. Yeah, probably more than the LDS Church spends. Oh, I guarantee. Yeah, I did the math on that for someone. More than they spend, less than they receive. Yeah, I think I when I did the math on it, it was point zero 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 two percent of what the church brings in they spend on uh, uh, on charity. On charity. Yeah. Well, they've got a lot of new temples that are beautiful. Yes. And and that math was only done on what the estimated tithing that they bring in is versus mm-hmm. all the other money that they bring in. So it's right. probably actually a yeah through all of their businesses, their, their, corp- and, their and corporate holdings. holdings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like we we gave we we gave seven million dollars this year, but you according to this you make nine billion a year in tithing alone. So that's not good. Yeah, it's like a millionaire throwing a quarter into the into the wishing well. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. no big fucking deal. It doesn't matter to them at all. Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. <laughs> Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best-word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode, we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two, as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! So, tell us a little bit about you, Mr. Newman. How are have you always lived in Utah? Are you new to Utah native? I'm a Utah native. I've lived uh all over Utah. Um so yeah, uh, I I moved around a lot. Parents had uh different job opportunities in different towns in Utah. Um when I was 19, I joined the Air Force. Uh, I did one uh, one enlistment. Uh, so for four years, I was out of the state and I didn't really plan on coming back necessarily. <laughs> it was fine. I, I like Utah or I, I actually really love Utah. Uh, I didn't necessarily plan on coming back except I got a, a job offer. And so I 
almost immediately. So four years out and then came right back. Um, so I've been in Salt Lake since 2007 when I got out of the Air Force. Were you raised LDS or? Yeah. So I was, uh, my, my extended family is Mormon. I was, uh, baptized at eight. Um, I, like they do. Like you do. I did the, the, what, the 12 year old deacon. They, you, you memorized things. the words. Yeah. And said them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I distributed sacrament in church. Oh. Uh, and then at, right before I turned 14, I, I decided that it wasn't for me. It wasn't, it just, it, it didn't work. One of my Christian friends, uh, uh he, he so he he was a Protestant Christian in in uh, very very devout Mormon St George Utah, and uh, he had some of those stories about Joseph Smith that most Mormons haven't heard of, and uh, he was trying to tell them to me, and I was pretty pretty uh, open to listening to what he had to say because at that time I I really wanted to know that I was doing uh, the right th- doing you, the right thing. I wanted you were, to, you're in a yeah, questioning I, phase. I, I needed to know like. I was about to turn 14 years old. I needed to know that I wasn't going to go to hell. Uh, so he, he told me about the, uh, the Joseph Smith, um, uh, what's that? Diviner, divining rod, like yeah. the divining rod, yeah. Yeah, divining rods, yeah. uh, looking for gold and, uh, <laughs> jewels. I don't know, treasure. Uh, he told me about that. And then he gave me a passage in the Bible. Uh, he said, just, just read this. You can't, Mormons have the Book of Mormon and the Bible. You can't have both. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't understand this. Uh, he gave me a passage in the Bible in Galatians. I think it was written by Paul to the Galatians. Uh, it says that, uh, anyone who gives any more prophecies mm-hmm. than this, anything outside of what we've given you now, let them be cursed. And I looked at that. I, what? I don't, okay. And so I, I brought it up with the, the locals, the, you know, my, my 13, 14 year old group leaders. And the, <laughs> it was kind of sad, really. The, the, so the group leader, the, the adult in the group in that age, I don't even know what you call it anymore. Uh, he was my eighth grade history teacher. Oh, okay. And I really liked him. He was, he was a great history teacher. Um, and so I was telling him about this passage and I just didn't buy it. I don't, I don't, I didn't know how we, Reconciled. I mostly wanted an answer, an, an apologetics answer. How do how do the Mormons wrap their head around this? How do we? How do I go back to my friend and say, no, 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 I got you covered. This is this is why we believe this. <laughs> and he, he instead of that, he just yelled at me. And uh, what was this? Nineteen ninety six or something? Basically saying, don't question. It, it wasn't just don't question. He was telling me like, oh, you just find shit off the internet. <laughs> like you can't trust anything on the internet. And so he 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 berated me in front of my peers uh and i just thought like well this is bullshit it's gotta it's gotta be false like, rather it, than giving you an answer it he was didn't just, give me any kind yeah. of answer yeah uh it was <laughs> it was really sad because i liked the guy and that was uh i i don't i don't understand what uh he thought he was doing but so that that was out i turned 14 and i hadn't been going to church for months and uh my parents were never very active. They were, okay. they were very. Uh, they knew that I liked to ask questions, mm-hmm. and so when I asked questions that were uh, contrary to religious things, they just kind of let me go. They didn't really care. Um, so it was no big surprise when I stopped going to church. 
So your family is kind of more of a Jack Mormons or more of a liberal Mormon? Uh, at this point, not Mormon at all. Oh, okay. Um, so, but, but back then, my, my, my parents, uh, supported me going to church for, that, 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 that's what they wanted for me. Um, uh, but it, it, there was no big push. Like I wasn't, nothing was really expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my mother was, uh, very, very disturbed when I told her that uh, Joseph Smith was a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> she did not like it, uh, but it, it didn't. It didn't affect any uh, our relationship at all. Um, but so I come home. Uh, it was on a Sunday, very nearest to my birthday, very after, just so I turned fourteen, and then the next Sunday I come home from. I don't even know what I was doing. Uh, just hanging out with one of my friends, probably the, the Christian friend that led me astray. Uh, <laughs> come home and the brethren are there. <gasps> dun, and my parents dun, invited dun. them in because they really had no reason not to. They're, they're nice. And my parents didn't care or anything in there. They, they insisted or they said, well, you're 14. Now it's time to be blessed as a teacher. And I, at the time, did not have the 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 fortitude <laughs> to say, that I, to say that I, no. yeah that I have now that that yeah, I I I wish that I could say that the fourteen year old me was badass and said get the fuck out of my house <laughs> but that is not the case the the fourteen year old me uh, went along with it and I just kind of just you know hung my head in shame like just like okay do what you're gonna do um, and then out of guilt I went on a couple of little home teaching missions and then. After that, I was out. I, I I couldn't do it. It was terrible. So, what was it like for you at like fourteen? You know, most of your social circle of friends at that time probably were s- still mainly Mormon. I'm guessing living. It was in this pretty area. rough. Yeah. It's, it's, aside from that, uh, that one friend. Uh, so, St. George, in my experience, St. George, Utah, is the most uh, devout. Um, style of of mainstream mormonism uh i would i would i was gonna say for them that for people like that don't even more than like, like provo you think more than in my experience more than provo i've never yeah. lived in provo but i know people who have i would say that saint george is uh more you're expected to be a part of the group in group out group is very strong there and you uh, have a larger concentration of FL, flds families there, yeah there's a there's a big history of of mormonism in the saint george area um, almost all of, yeah, almost in, in the entirety of, of my friend group was, uh, Mormon. Um, it, it did affect some of that. I, I have, so after that conversation where my, um, my eighth grade history teacher turned <laughs> Mormon leader, uh, berated me, uh, I got, I started hearing from my friends that their parents didn't want me to hang out with them. Okay. And we're teenagers now. There's not yeah. like, so it's like, really? That, that's what we're doing now? Um, I do have one good friend who lived down the street from me who's actually lives across the street from me now. Like, we actually live that's... closer now as adults on accident than we did as kids. That's kind of um, crazy. <laughs> he, he came from a really good, I don't, I won't name him, but, uh, or I guess I could, but, uh, he came from a really good family. Um, and they never, uh, they never batted an eye. It was, it was fine. So I did have, uh, a little bit of a rough go, but not, I wouldn't say as bad as others. And because mm-hmm. my family didn't really care, it, yeah. it, I had, uh, I had a support group that, uh, it, it wasn't that big a deal. Let's just say, I think that's what people, some people that don't come from this area, I didn't come from here, but I've seen people experience it. That, that click of the Mormons and anti or non Mormon is pretty fucking strong in this state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I dealt with that a little bit when I was growing up. 
Um, but you said, so you said that you've been in Salt Lake since 2007? Yes. And you've lived kind of all over the state. It sounds like you yeah. grew up in St. George. No, no I, uh, so I, I moved quite a bit, uh, from essentially zero to what, eight years? How old are you when you're in third grade? Eight, nine years old? Yes. Um, or like, 15. Uh, well, it depends on if where you're, you're yeah. in Kentucky. Right. Sure. Depends on yeah. what your reading ability is. <laughs> reading comprehension, uh, addition, subtraction. Uh, so, uh, in 1990, so from what I can remember to 1993, I, uh, lived in Nephi, which is, uh, a very aptly Mormon named yes. town. Yes. Uh, from there, I moved to, uh, Wellington, Utah, which is, uh, a suburb, a suburb of Price, Utah. Um, Price I, I has even suburbs? Call, right. I so thought you went from south, a little bit further north, and then east. So, yeah, so from Nephi to Wellington and then down to St. George. Uh, okay. And so I only lived in St. George during my middle school year. So sixth, okay. sixth grade, and then I finished ninth grade there. Uh, and then I moved to South Jordan, another Mormon haven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I finished high school in South Jordan. And, uh, and then after that, I, that's when I joined the Air Force. So what made you decide to join the Air Force? <laughs> No, I don't yeah, know. Did, did your family have a – is there a military history in your family? I, so I wouldn't – I don't know that there's a, a preferred – like a legacy of, of military service. Um, all of my grandparents that I'm aware of are of that World War II generation and they all served. Um, my my dad uh, was drafted in the Vietnam era. Um, and, and when I came – of age, uh, when I, I remember when I was, when I was young, I, I thought that it would be glorious to be a soldier or a Marine or something. And I would, if I said anything around that, uh, if I said anything about that in front of my dad, he would, um, tell Such me. Such a strange bristle. He, he, yeah. He would, he would, he, his, his hackles would raise and he'd, he'd call me stupid or something. Yeah. Um, but then I, 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 I couldn't get rid of that, that mentality or that, patriotism or that masculine ideal um and i so so the idea of joining the military was 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 very strong and then when my dad finally grasped that he's he, he said you should think about the air force and and conversation kind of stopped there uh i graduated high school and i started going to the community college um i had been accepted to uh university of utah but i uh, i didn't have any money my dad said well you're on your own <laughs> so no, they it, they said that they they my parents had a, had a thing where they'd pay for the first year of college for uh, a state school. Um, so, but I'm like, well, I don't even know what I want to do, so I don't. So I <laughs> don't, don't want to waste the money. Yeah, so I, I I register for random classes at the community college, like from meteor meteorology to geology. Just I liked physical sciences, uh, and I go f- very regularly for about a month. <laughs> <laughs> and so you got your text. Was this was this a full course load? It was it was actually over full because yeah. anything above twelve but under twenty one SLCC this community college mm-hmm. will uh have no additional charge for. So I took twenty credits and Ooh. yeah. I, I I so I got all twenty credits that year. That or that semester. Were you working at the time too? I was, yeah. Oh god, yeah. that's rough. So I was working, had a girlfriend and uh going to school. And I really hated school. I, I Working, <laughs> girlfriend, and school, that's yeah. three things I can probably pick out which one of the three was the biggest influence. Yeah, and yeah. 
In well, <laughs> so, so the, the not, not furthering your studies. No, yeah, the the girlfriend at the time was very into her studies as well. Oh, yeah. Oddly enough, she came from an FLDS uh, family, so she's she's fundamentalist. Yes, so, people, yes, so uh, she's first the polygamists. Yeah, her dad had two wives. Well, uh, that's it. Yeah, well, that I know of. Weak. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. He needs three. I. At at some time, I heard that they were working on a third. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Still, uh, I wasn't around by then. He but, needs uh, nine. She was she was very uh, motivated to towards her education because she didn't want to have any part of that, and she, you know. Well, and probably just <laughs> you know, growing up in FLD household, FL, FLDS households with a lack of education or yeah, I guess yeah that knowledge be... being shunned a little bit. It's like now the world's open to me. I can. Yeah, that learn. can be scary. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do after a semester, so I registered for another one. <laughs> and then that, I basically dropped out during that. I stopped going that. And when I paid for, for both, or for at least the second one, I'm like, uh, so I didn't feel any guilt about dropping out. Like, I hate this. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I just, I knew I needed to do something. And then that patriotism kicked in, that, that masculinity thing kicked in. I had been an athlete, uh, growing up. I, I played sports. Um, uh, so I needed to do something. And so I, I, I finally made my, made up my mind, went to the recruiters. And it, but I also was fairly logical. I did listen to my dad. Like, so, okay, I'll, I'll look, see what the Air Force has to offer. Um, so I go in there and I was thinking, well, maybe I'll be a fireman. That's what I did. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, or maybe I'll be a police officer. Bad idea. Bad that, that, idea. Oh, that would have been a bad idea. So I go, I go home to my dad and I tell him, yeah, I've got a, I've got a, a date with MEPS. It's a military entrance processing. And he says, well, what are you going to do? And I don't know. I'm going to be a fireman or a cop or something. Maybe jet mechanic. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> this is my dad. The guy, the, the, the man who's supposed to, you know, guide my, uh, my upbringing, uh, which he says, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go back and you're going to tell him, you want to be an air traffic controller. And I say, what's that? <laughs> you're going to go back and you're going to tell him that you want to be an air traffic controller. <laughs> All right. He was very stern. He was, he looked very serious. So I go back, tell the recruiter, what's this uh, air traffic control stuff? And, uh, they say, well, are you sure? You know, you pat, you, the, what is the, uh, it's not an IQ test. Well, the, the, apti- the aptitude, yeah. aptitude, yeah, the aptitude test. test. Hey, you know, you scored very high on this test. Maybe you want to get into intelligence. Oh, that sounds cool. I could be a spy. Right. I can, I can right. sit exactly. in a room with uh, no windows for the rest of my life. <laughs> exactly. Well, ironically, <laughs> as an air traffic controller, I have no windows. <laughs> uh, so I went back and I said, I want to, I want to, I want to look up this air traffic control. I said, okay. Uh, so I had to go back and do, um, some testing. They had to, um, verify that I didn't have a lisp, mm. that I had no speech impediments, that I could read an entire page without stopping or stuttering. And they had to do a colorblind test. Um, I'd have been fucked. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I actually think that the colorblindness is lenient enough because I work with somebody now who's got a red green deficiency. Yeah. But I don't know to what degree. But the problem is, man, those those blips—they're all green. Yeah, you've got to be able to see them, right? If you can see blips, it doesn't matter what yeah. color they are, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. As uh, long as a blip doesn't turn red and you still think it's green. 
Oh yeah. You know what? Bad. You know what I think is fucking stupid <laughs> is anything that has like one indicator that will change colors. Yeah. You know, it, it's got a light on it. Mm-hmm. You've got a server. You've got uh, something on your dash in your car. Something on your controller for the airplanes that you don't want to crash into each other. Whatever. Something yeah. that has one indicator that will change colors, and it'll change from like red to yellow to green for this one fucking light in that one position that's stupid yeah that's dumb don't they're, do they're, that they're discriminatory that, that is you. dumb there there was actually an old software system uh, or hardware system that i used uh when i was in the military that had um uh, certain instances of radar identification where it, where it would go from uh green to red so that would that would have been a problem yes that would have been bad but Maybe not bad because it it only meant a reduced separation standard. So not um, you you could you could get around it by just always applying the 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 greater of the two. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I did. I I went in. Uh, so I did those additional tests. I passed those. Um, so I got a a, a departure date or mm-hmm. uh, you know go to basic training and, and you, you uh, got your school tech school. Got my position there. Uh, so I I went off and I. Went through basic training, um, went through in the summer in Texas, which I thought yeah, I had spent summers in St. George. Those, those get warm. It's, yeah. it's 116 degrees. It's it's warm. Go to Lackland, uh, Texas, San Antonio. Uh, yeah, I, 100% I went through. Oh, yeah. or the very nearly, very <laughs> nearly saturated air. Um, and I went through the, July and August. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, I got there in June. Okay. Yeah, so June yeah. through uh, the first part of August, and it was so hot and so humid. And they had this every morning. They'd do a call over the loudspeaker talking about the weather, and they'd say the, the WBGT wet bulb globe temperature is ninety six something degrees. Black flag, no yeah. marching, <laughs> which was nice. Like okay, we well, can just stay under the shade all day. Well, when we had black wet flag days, bulb, gold, what? Globe, it, wet yeah, bulb it, globe temperature. It, 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 it's a combination of the air temperature plus humidity and and the real fe- feel. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so the actual temperature outside might have been only in the eighties, but the temperature, but the you know, there's no clouds in the sky. Uh, the sun's yeah, beating with your, down. The UV, yeah. Uh, the UV index. So there's there's it's a compilation of uh, many uh, different weather phenomena that I'm I can't specifically tell you what how, how they calculate. It, but it, and then they'll, at the end of it is the 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 so the wet bulb globe temperature is ninety six degrees, which it, it feels really hot or <laughs> well, so it'd be, but it, but it's you know high humidity. Um, yeah, the only thing they would make us not do on Black Flag days were push ups on the asphalt. Oh yeah, oh, that's hot. So well, no, let's say yeah. we couldn't yeah. they couldn't force yeah. us to do push ups on the asphalt on Black Flag days. They still that. made us march everywhere. Yeah. We, but we, I think we could march in, what is it, a staggered formation, like where you don't have to be at attention. You could march, but not at attention. Like at ease? Yeah, march <laughs> at ease or something. I can't remember at it. You know, you, you're, you're basically yeah. in a line. But you're still doing yeah. PT at 4.30 in the morning, so it's yeah. no sun yet. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I finished there and went to tech school the, where I went through air traffic training. In, and that was in Biloxi, Mississippi, right on the Ooh. the coast. That's even getting worse. That so I I felt like the summer in uh, in Lackland was the worst thing ever, and then I get off the bus 
<laughs> at Keesler Air Force Base in, in Mississippi in August. And I was immediately shocked at, <laughs> at how much worse things could get. Yeah. <laughs> it went downhill very quickly. Uh, it was very hot, very humid, uh, even more. So. It was the worst. But yeah, so I show up to to tech school and I have still have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know anything about air traffic control. Um, so did you have any idea what the concept of an air traffic controller was? At yeah, yeah, I had a concept, okay. but I didn't know. Uh, my dad had said it's basically like, going to be like uh, playing a video game, but you just well, can't, you but, just can't lose. And what what clued your dad into having you do this? Like, why did he like, suggest uh, so, so make good money afterwards? Or was yeah, it? yeah. So the interesting thing here is now I'm going to sound like a pl- a prick. Um, <laughs> so my dad had been an air traffic controller, but not in my lifetime. Uh, so he was an air traffic controller. He got hired on in, uh, I will say 1969, worked through the seventies and was fired in 1981 during the strike. Reagan. Reagan fired ah. thousands of air traffic controllers. So I knew that my dad had been an air traffic controller, but he never talked about it. It was, and okay. he, we didn't ever talk about Reagan at home. <laughs> That was that was a very big sore spot. Reagan was not welcome that. company, but he never he never talked about it. Um, so my dad is is of that school of parenting where it, it, we didn't have conversation. He was dad. He was not my friend. We didn't. He didn't tell me stories. He didn't, a little stoic. He was very stoic. Uh, I don't think he ever told me that he loved me until I was deploying to Iraq. <laughs> so, uh, I always, I always felt loved. I knew he loved yeah. me. I, I didn't have any problem with the way that I was raised, but that, that's just the way it was. It, uh, he was, I didn't, he didn't ever tell me about what he did for a living or, you know, and he did a number of things. Very old school. Very old school. That's the way my family was. That's, that's why yeah. I joined the military. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so dad was an air traffic controller. I had no idea, but he said, I'd probably be good at it is what he said. You, you'd probably be okay. Okay, all right. So I I trusted him. Um, I I went through the training uh, with very. I will say that I went through the training w- with with little difficulty. The there 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 were two parts. There were uh, the the knowledge aspect, which is uh, all of the regulation, the rules and regulations mm-hmm. are contained within this document or that document, and I have a really good memory for books and words so i can recall exactly what i read i can maybe read it three times and it'll be it'll be fairly well locked in at least in the short term and if i read it three or four more times it'll be even more into the the long term so reading comprehension is or reading and recollection is very easy for me the practical aspect of it um so now we 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 run simulator simulation problems um Okay, so you have a, an imaginary airport with imaginary aircraft and an imaginary you've, – you've got a, a simulated radar scenario. And I did the things that, requir- that, that I needed to do to pass. I, it, did, it just didn't click. I, I, I felt like I was always missing something. Like, I, I guess I'm doing it right, right? Like you felt like you weren't really prepared for the whole uh, deal. Yeah, I didn't. Like, I, I I didn't get you the didn't bigger kill picture. Any blips. Yeah, the, like, the the blips were fine. 
but I didn't really know what was going on. Did you feel like maybe everybody was like that or you you were just mm, like, I did what I needed to to get through, but I feel like I need more. But everybody else seems fine. I feel like what the fuck is wrong? I think I don't know. I think we were in a similar boat. Um, I, I don't think that anybody there was particularly gifted or particularly terrible. Uh, everybody in my class happened to pass. Um, it, several months later, when I got to my active duty station in Las Vegas, uh, Nellis Air Force Base, I, I remember being, uh, so when you're training on live traffic, uh, you have a headset and you're plugged into a console with, that's attached to all the, the radios to where, you, to mm-hmm. where you can talk to aircraft. And your trainer is plugged in to the console right next to you, but they're in the preemptive uh, uh, headset jack, where if they key up their headset, it blocks everything that you're saying. You're, you're, you're overridden. So you, they, can, they can fix your right. fuck up if they, they fuck can up. fix your fuck up if you didn't fuck up badly enough. Uh, <laughs> I remember training and all of the things that I had, not all of the things, but certain things that I had read and memorized came to life in front of me on the, on the radar screen. And it was kind of like that aha moment. And over the next several months or weeks, um, I think so from when I joined the air force, uh, to when I was able to work air track, uh, be a certified controller on my own was about 20 months, maybe 18 to 20 months, uh, which is fairly long for air force, uh, people, uh, to not be able to do their job that they were, yeah. uh, tasked for. And that, that's about average. Maybe it might've even been less, uh, or it might've been quicker than average. I think in general, it's about two years for air traffic controllers. I think in 20 months, they already trust me to drive fire trucks around the base. Yeah. Ah. Which is scary. <laughs> Way for them to fuck yeah. up, right? They didn't know that you were going to be crashing into buildings and stuff. I only hit one building. <laughs> and it, yeah. wasn't, well, it was my fault. It's a miracle only. I only said fuck twice. I got somebody. <laughs> I'll close out with this, and I've mentioned it before, and it'll be quick. There was somebody on Twitter who suggested that we they would prefer that we didn't say fuck as often because some people might view atheists negatively for using that word, and they already view us negatively. If you are willing to dismiss everything substantive that was said, every interesting bit of conversation and byplay that took place back and forth, just because somebody uttered a phoneme that you have been conditioned to think should not be uttered, you are engaged in magical thinking and you are looking for an excuse to consider style over substance and you can go fuck yourself. Uh, so over the next, over that, Training period, I, I kept having those little epiphanies to where I finally felt like I knew why I had memorized all those rules and that I could see it happening in real time. And it was kind of, it was kind of, it's like the closest thing to magic that I, that I believe in. Like, it, it just where I felt like someone finally hit the switch. I, I finally <laughs> understood things. Mm-hmm. And one of the, I don't know. I don't usually use the word, but one of the neat things about being a, a controller to was me. Was it fun? It was, was it, so. Was it, it neat was and so, fun? It was so, it was, <laughs> I, I don't think that there's a better word to use than neat in this situation. It was so neat uh, that it seemed like it, uh, it, it was like what my dad said. It was like playing a video game. It was like Tetris. And 
we trained so much and so hard on simulators. And then it was a very busy facility. Um, Nellis is a, is a very, yeah. we, we would call it a busy base. There's a lot of air traffic, uh, a lot of um, sorties mm-hmm. uh, that, the, that the military uh, does. And it seemed like at a certain point, there were, there was, there were not enough planes. Like I felt like I had, uh, like, like, I, like almost, I was, uh, no, it was that I was like omniscient, uh, as far as air traffic went. And, I, and it's very, it, it might sound silly, but we would always, tr- when, when we were running simulators, we would try to send the, the trainee more aircraft than they could possibly handle. And it got to a point where I just felt like I couldn't be tubed. Like it was, I was just, I was just, I was so in tune with what was going on. I just felt really, I felt amazing. It was, it was, it was the closest to godlike that I'd ever felt. Um, like you had realized there was no spoon. <laughs> I don't even get that reference. The Matrix. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Matrix. Yeah. Exactly. The Matrix. I, I, I should have, I should have caught that. Um, yeah. I, so anyway, the I, I finally felt like I understood it, and uh, I was certified. And, um, I worked there for a few years, and I did uh, a deployment to Balad, Iraq. What year were you there? I was there in 2006, from okay. May through October. I had left by that. That was terrible, <laughs> terrible place. I loved that place. I hated it. It's it better was- than a tent city. You know, I got when I got there, it was built up and it had uh, it had uh, regular bunks yeah. and uh, um, uh, bathroom. What, are, what basically we call, like um, we called them Cadillacs. Cadillac. Yeah, that's what we called them too, Cadillacs. <laughs> basically, it is a a very small single wide trailer that is converted to just showers and toilets, uh, a couple sinks, uh, but it was all hooked up. Had uh, each one had their own little running water mm-hmm. system, which was pretty nice but yeah i was there at winter of 04 05 and then back again the winter of 05 06 okay yeah i've heard the the winters there were muddy yeah it's uh it's the rainy season, rainy season there, so yeah. they don't get snow they just get a shitload of rain yeah when i got there the night that i arrived in may uh early may so i'll just say like the 10th uh it sprinkled a little bit when I, I remember pulling my uh, duffel bag out of the truck and going into my bunk, and it was sprinkling a little bit. And I don't think I saw a rain cloud until October when I was leaving. And it rained once in October. We actually had you air traffic controller guys yell at us because we decided to build our own Baywatch tower in front of the fire station at what we t- called Lake Balad. <laughs> okay. Because the front of our apron had flooded. <laughs> yeah. And they told us that it was in the way of the wingtips of a C5 if he had to go down the taxiway, so we had to remove it. If he's on the taxiway, he's going fairly slow. He should be fine, right? I'm, I'm a radar guy, so I don't know what these tower people were telling you. Well, our apron was the taxiway. Okay. <laughs> what, is, what is an apron? Uh, just like the front of the fire station before we get onto the taxiway or it, where we parked our fire trucks, basically. It's basically basically the pavement that isn't the taxiway yeah. or the runway at the airport. So uh, leading up to the jetway where where uh, passengers would board a plane, you know how uh, the the plane will then back up and then uh, go towards the taxiway or the, the runway. Um, that's basically the apron. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I threw bags for Morris 
and then uh, southwest. Yeah, so you were you were basically on years the apron. Ago, yeah. So you're in the apron area. Or it, you, you might also extend the apron. Uh, so some of these, I, I might come out sounding like an idiot uh, because I've, like I said, I've never worked oh. at a tower. Um, so somebody might call, or maybe a pilot will call up and say, that's not an apron. But it, it, <laughs> I think it, it might also be the, the areas adjacent to the runway that keeps the dirt down. Uh, the, the, the foreign object. Uh, I've always. The FOD. The FOD. Considered the apron anywhere where vehicles and aircrafts are parked. Okay. And, yeah. And parking like lots. Yeah. So yeah. It's basically, it's basically yeah. a parking lot for the runway. Sure. That's how I've always thought of it. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I've. I, I I sometimes have to read notums to aircraft, which notice to airmen, uh, uh, such and such airport uh, apron is closed. Okay. Uh, well, now where do I go? Oh, you're fucked. Yeah, you got to you got to figure something else out. <laughs> do whatever. So the whole time, so so we know that you kind of stopped believing in the in at mm. least the LDS church around the age of fourteen ish. Yeah, I would say that. So. Were you? Did you have a belief in God still, or did you? I I think it was all bullshit. So I I knew religion was bullshit right after that. I so I went from uh, leaving the Mormon Church to thinking, well, they're all stupid. This <laughs> this isn't. I'm not going to go from Mormonism to Protestant like my yeah. buddy wanted me to. Like that's not going to happen. Uh, I, there was no better reason to believe in his brand of bullshit, and I knew that, but I held on to agnosticism i'd say this spiritual but not religious i i really did not want to give up on an afterlife i didn't i don't i didn't the idea of not existing i think even today is unsettling i don't i don't love that idea i can't it's i know good word for it unsettling no, yeah some i mean i would agree with that is uh, yeah some people will just say well it's just part of life and i agree it is part of life but i don't like it yeah. Uh, Some people did come up with this neat idea where you don't actually have to die. <laughs> right. But it's bullshit. Yeah so, yeah. so the idea of not existing bothered me. And I didn't really think about it much. If any, if the topic came up, I'd be more than happy to join in a mm-hmm. conversation to say that, well, no, your religion's not, it's not accurate. Like, you don't, you don't want to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, point of order, sir, yeah, that is inaccurate. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to get in there. You don't, you don't want that. <laughs> I am throwing the uh, bullshit flag on this one. (laughs) (laughs) And while in the service, uh, a lot of people that that I worked with were religious to varying degrees, some quite religious. Mm -hmm. And I didn't didn't see any need. I didn't get into it. It wasn't a big deal. Um, Then I moved back to Utah, and I had just been in a stupid war, and I didn't like it. And now I've got a job, uh, a good job working for the federal government and I'm this adult and I bought a house and I'm like doing all the adulting things. So I started reading the news and I, I, <laughs> what I, you do when you're an adult, yeah, right? I, sub- you, I did. I you had get a, a job, you work nine to five, yeah. you start watching the news yeah. and reading the news. I had, I had a subscription to the Salt Lake Tribune, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> And I, I just started paying attention to you, things. You get rid of all the fun apps on your phone yeah. and start loading new, news apps. I, oh, I didn't have any apps on the phone at that time. That was a, <laughs> a, at best, it was a flip phone with text True. messaging. Um, so I, I just started paying attention and, uh, and maybe it was a good thing that I lived in Utah that, that, uh, the, the church was always weighing in on things and it started to bother me. It started to bother me quite a bit. And, I was 
so I had gone through air traffic control training in, in the Air Force. And I certified there, but the FAA decides that all air traffic controllers need to go through their program regardless of where they came from. FAA wants their money. <laughs> so I, I went back into training, uh, to, with the FAA in the identical training program, oddly enough. And there was a lot of downtime because I already knew this stuff. <laughs> And so the, the guys in my group, uh, a good portion of them had been in the military. Some of them had gone through what they call a CTI collegiate training initiative where it's, they go through a, like a two or four year college program uh, that the, uh, is certified by the FAA and then they get a job offer at the end of it. So we were all fairly, uh, ready for that, for the FAA's own training program. There, we just sat in bullshit. Mm. Most of the guys in the group were Mormons. Some of them weren't. And one of the guys in the class, he asked me what, you know, if I was religious. And I said, I don't know. I'm agnostic. And he just looked at me like, agnostics are just atheists or two big pussies to say anything about it. Just atheists without balls. Atheists without balls. Something like that. (laughs) And I didn't, I didn't say a thing. I just kind of like, huh. I don't know. I, I cannot, I cannot remember if the conversation ended there because I had nothing else to say or. Because <laughs> but I, he was a Mormon that was. No, he, he was not a Mormon. Oh, okay. This, this okay. one guy. So yeah, I, I probably messed up that story. This one guy, uh, in the class was not Mormon. It turns out he's an atheist. Uh, so. Well, good thing you corrected, corrected that because I was going to say a Mormon actually said something correct. <laughs> You're right. When would that happen? Uh, so anyway, uh, I come back later that, uh, that week and I, I told you know what? You're right. I'm an atheist. And I must've been 24 at that time, 24 years old. And that kind of set it off. And so in the intervening week, had you done any additional study or was this all just ruminating of, about your own personal beliefs? And I, I don't think I did any study, but I did think about it. And at this point, this is when Facebook was really coming online. Mm. Um, I just started chatting with people and started posting uh, inflammatory things. I remember posting <laughs> something about uh, one of the fallacies that always – maybe not a fallacy. Uh, one of the contradictory uh, or troubling things about Judas and Jesus. You know, So if Jesus needed to die – then was Judas really deserving of hell? Like, wasn't he like, a no. cog in the yeah, wheel? Yeah, why is he the bad guy? Like, yeah, why helping fulfill why is he this, this calling? And this. I, I remember asking that on on either my page, my 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 wall, or somebody else's, and it, it's kind of stirring up shitstorm from, from some of my Mormon friends. And I, <laughs> so I think I did a few things like that, and then very quickly I was like, uh, yeah, atheist. And then I kind of like <laughs> breathed a little bit easier, like, yeah. Did anybody else have that that feeling the first time that they said out loud or even thought in their head, I don't believe in God? I did. I, I remember feeling that I, I, I was f- nervous to say it. I never believed in God. Yeah. I never had a very strong feeling. I was never absolutely sure. I never had a, yeah. as the Mormons say, a testimony. I didn't actually believe but I always just assumed. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. had always told. I was always afraid. 
at at least to some degree. Not I, I wasn't you know quivering afraid, but well, but you were taught to fear. Right? That's yeah, part absolutely. of the indoctrination is to is to instill a sense of fear in you that you have to believe in a god or else. Yeah. So I I quickly became uh, an outspoken atheist, and. S- what year did the sign come up in Magna or uh, the or Long Two Hundred One? Was that 2010? Which which sign was that? Uh, yeah, we had the billboard well, for the uh, convention. The, the no, it was don't believe that. in God, you're not alone. You're not alone through through the Coalition of Reason here in Utah. I think that was 2011. 2011. 2010. 2011. Yeah. yeah. So that so, so I moved back in 2007. So from like maybe 2008 to. Whenever the sign come up, I was just hanging out, just being some random atheist. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have any. I didn't really have any atheist friends. Not not to speak of. I had a few, but uh, it wasn't. Uh, I didn't have atheist parties or anything to attend. And then I saw that sign, and isn't that ironic? The sign that, that showed you the way. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I. I Went to the website and I joined the meetups and uh, the, the atheist uh, nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, in it. In it, I don't know. I don't want to overblow it. it. It did change my life in in a, in a certain way. I don't think it changed me necessarily, but other than making me much more content, more more happy being in Utah f- with other people, like minded individuals. Yeah. That was. Finding a, your people. Well, and social oh, circles people. are yeah. a big thing. Yeah. I mean, finding a social circle that you can relate to right. and and make the same bad yeah. off-color jokes with. I, and that and that's awesome because it, it had to be right around then uh, because at the end of 2010, I had applied to transfer to um, Long Island, New York. Oh, okay. Uh, to work. Uh, like LaGuardia? Uh, it, it would be no, New Long York. It, well, it is. Uh, is it? So – New York Tracon, uh, Terminal Radar Approach Control, works uh, Newark, JFK, LaGuardia, Islip, okay. uh, Teterboro. Uh, it's a big, low altitude, um, a mini airport. Uh, it's it's broken up into, I, I think, five different uh, specialties that has different – anyway – so I applied for that and I accepted, or I didn't accept it. I, I got, I, I was accepted and I should have reported for duty in New York on September 11th, 2011. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 2011. Uh, but, uh, I, I turned it down that, that, uh, July, I think. So. Okay. Um, so I, I just, I had just That's started. That's just a bad omen day to right. report to work as it an is. air traffic controller. <laughs> but. Yeah, so so two th- mid two thousand eleven, I started getting into a, a social circle that I liked. I started meeting yeah. uh, like minded people. I, I started to feel like uh, Salt Lake wasn't ridiculous, uh, and I at that point I'm like I don't I don't even want to leave. Yeah, so I that's turned fucking it down. awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that because I hear from people all the time who say fuck Utah, I'm leaving Utah. It's a bunch of bullshit with all the Mormons. I'm like, don't leave. We need Make more change. cool people right. to stay. <laughs> like we need to stand up. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we need, need to be counted. Yeah, we need the cool people here in right. Utah, not moving out of Utah. I'm really glad to hear that the billboard did that for at least one person. <laughs> no, it, and that, yeah, like it, the one person is all it takes. It literally yeah, I mean, did. Yeah. It. It. Uh, like I said, it, in some small way, it changed my life. Maybe a big way. I could have been in. I could have been an asshole New Yorker by now. <laughs> <laughs>
Many people claim to find it impossible to believe or to imagine that they won't exist after death. Um, just try it for a second. I mean, you, you imagine that everyone in Paris right now is getting along fine without all of us. I mean, none of us are in Paris. We are really, really materially absent from whatever is going on in every other city on this planet right now. Uh, you are absent for all of human history before your birth. Uh, the idea that you, that you simply can't imagine not existing after death is really kind of a, just for lack of trying, I think. <laughs> and now you're going to be serving on the board. Yeah. Which, uh, to come, I don't know, full circle, uh, one of the things that I would like to do is to get atheists to be counted. I want to, I want our numbers to, uh, our numbers aren't going to rise because the atheists are the atheists, but we're going to, I don't know, have a little atheist census if I can uh, figure out a way to do that. Um, stand up and be counted, raise our, our numbers. And one of the things that I would like to do, one of the things I've learned through uh, my union activism has been to um, uh, what we call legislative activism. Okay. Um, we, we make uh, and we create relationships with the elected officials that have any say uh, on what we do. And we're, our job is inherently, uh, apolitical. Uh, it doesn't matter who's flying. Uh, we keep them all safe. Mm -hmm. And we are a government entity kind of like the military. We need to be funded, uh, for national security. So we, uh, I, I, this is my, uh, the part where I say that I don't speak for my union. I won't even name my union, but, uh, we give money to, Republicans, we give money to Democrats, we give money to anybody who will, uh, listen to us and do, you know, uh, come to some kind of agreement on, uh, what is best for, uh, aviation, the country, the national airspace system. Um, so if anything I've learned through that is that you can create a face to face relationship with your elected officials that we might not always see eye to eye. Uh, we, we might not have the same goals in mind, but I, we can, uh, create a relationship where one of respect, where they know that we exist, that every single, um, elected official in Utah has constituents who are atheists and they need to know that they need to know at least a few of them by name. And I would like to create some kind of way uh, method for, uh, we atheists to, uh, meet with these officials. I mean, I would, I would like to see, uh, that improved as well. I just sometimes, I guess, look at it negatively. Like, yeah, they're going to be nice to your face, but then everything you talked about. Absolutely. No. And, and you, there's going to be a big, it happens all the fuck time. You the, anyways. The, the thing is, is but you, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you yeah ought, I agree. I agree there. Yeah. You ought to expect that. Yeah. Um, well, so, Going back to the to the labor aspect of it, that quite literally happens uh, when when uh, go to any labor uh, union person uh, speaking to a Republican, for instance, they're probably not on the same page, and that's what's going to happen. The uh, Republican Congressperson, Senator, they might grant time to, to come and speak to either themselves or one of their staffers, but they might not. Uh, and 
at best, it's just a, Hey, let's exchange business cards mm-hmm. and you know that I exist. That's it. It's it, nothing else. They, they're not going to, uh, I, I've only heard stories, um, about, uh, senators or Congress people saying, listen, let's just take the picture and, uh, say goodbye because I don't want to listen to what you have to say. Um, wow. which is, I don't even, do, which even is, know if I'd want that picture which is, taken. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, it's a photo op thing that that, that they're going for. Yeah. Uh, this May, I, I was out on Capitol Hill uh, lobbying f- with my, my union, and I spoke with um, Senator Hatch's office. Um, no, was it Hatch's office? I can't even remember if it was Hatch's office or not. It was uh, Mike Lee's office. Um, Mia Love's office and who's the Chafetz? Oh, fuck that guy. Chafetz office. <laughs> um, the squirrel in a suit? Yeah. Well, so normally I might just say what you just said, <laughs> but uh, this year I won't. Uh, okay. All five, so the, or is it six? How many? Uh, I thought you were good at math. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not. The, it's not the math part. It's it's remembering. <laughs> it's remembering how many uh, elected officials we have federally. Uh, we were able to meet with all of them. Okay. And they all, uh, or if not the elected person, but the their their staff. Yeah. So we we were we were not iced out, which it's a very red state, and it's been common where we have been. Like where we can't get a meeting with them. And so this year, everybody spoke to us. And I, one of the cool things, I said this at the, the, the atheist, um, election. Uh, I, through some of uh, my efforts and, and my colleagues, uh, we actually got Mia Love, Congresswoman mm-hmm. Mia Love support on, uh, a bill that, uh, we were pushing and her office, called us personally and uh, sent us an email saying that, that she was uh, going to support or be a co-sponsor on her bill, which I don't know. She, she has her reasons for doing it, but I think that had we not gone there, had we not made, made the effort and, and uh, pushed our agenda, it, it definitely wouldn't have happened. So I think it was pretty cool. And yeah, Maybe, just maybe, this is the way that we can get – I just sounded like Bernie. Bernie, that's what he says. He says, maybe, just maybe. Maybe, uh, just maybe. Just, just maybe. <laughs> this is how we get outside of partisan politics. Mm-hmm. Not not that we'll get rid of it, but maybe we can, uh, on certain instances, do what is best for the country uh, outside of our party's interest. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's – not naive. Uh, yeah, it, well, I mean, it's. I kind of think it's. I, I think it's idyllic. I don't. I don't yeah. know that it's naive. I. I hope it's not naive. No, I, but at the same time, well, I would like to go with the thorn in the side well, approach. But I mean, we we talked about this a little bit before. Spear we in the side. Yeah, I'm, we're just going to stay there, keep jabbing you, and tell you work with us, right. and then we'll pull the spear away. Like, okay, okay right. we're all cool now. Well, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording that. You know, I I would like to see a day where country is more important than party. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of people, and particularly this year, we see that not at all being the case with mm-hmm. so many Republicans that, you know, I that I had some bit of respect for. You know, John McCain, Trump, Donald Trump shits all over John McCain 
And John McCain still says, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'll be voting for Donald Trump. He's, he's, he's our, he's a better, he's a better candidate than Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that. How, how, how does he sleep at night? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand either. With his arms definitely below shoulder height. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Does he, does he, does he always grip the pen? Is that with him at all times, or is that that's dull? That's Bob I know, well, I know dull, oh. but uh, uh, doesn't McCain also usually carry something, or is he? By I, know said, I think he might. Yeah. Okay. May, yeah. Definitely dull. When you said he always grips the pen, I was thinking something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both hands on the podium. Well, so he can't grip his pen. Yeah, I mean, there's there's McCain. There's Ted Cruz is probably speaking right now as we're recording. Yeah. Marco Rubio, mm-hmm. but people like Cruz, people like Rubio. Would you expect anything? Paul different? Ryan, Paul Ryan. I still wouldn't expect anything different. But for McCain, uh, yeah. I, I would expect something different uh, from, say, John Huntsman. I would expect something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I think so little of Cruz that nothing that nothing that would upset me. That he does was surprising. <laughs> you know? I, you know, I didn't have much respect for John Kasich going into this election cycle, <clears throat> but him not participating in the in the Yet. RNC convention mm-hmm. and not endorsing Donald Trump has really raised my level of respect for him. Not that you know that was a high bar to get over or anything, but R- right. And he could pull a Rubio yet. Send in a video. That's what Rubio was doing tonight. <laughs> no, Kasich, they're, they are in Cleveland, Ohio. That's where Kasich is and he's yeah, not yeah. participating. That's, it's so bizarre. I, I remember th- trying to find the most reasonable of the, what was it, 17, uh, original Republican. Uh-huh. Yeah. 17 uh, big major name yeah. Yeah. potential and candidates. Yeah. You know, I, I got to Kasich and I, it, when he was, in the debates, he would sound fairly normal, fairly reasonable, but then you would look at his record. Yeah, and look at some of the policies he he's instituted, was some of the things he's voted for. So anti-women, so anti-abortion, so uh, anti-labor mm-hmm. that there's no I, – I couldn't look at him as being reasonable, and I would just go down the list and who's – Who's a little bit reasonable, and then it would get worse and worse because some of the people that you hadn't really had a chance to vet would drop out. Yeah, and then you're left with Carly Fiorina and yeah, who, we know her labor relations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thirty thousand people. Bye bye. All fired. Right. <laughs> I made millions, but you're fired. Yeah, she was terrible. I was glad to see her out of it. I don't even think that she's speaking at the convention. I she? haven't heard anything about her speaking at it at all. She, uh, no. so, has anybody heard from her since she fell off the stage? Ooh, true. <laughs> I did see a picture of her after she fell off the stage in the airport all alone, like yeah. just by herself <laughs> looking at her phone. And somebody was like, oh, what a sad picture of Carly Fiorina. <laughs> like nobody even knows who she is standing all by herself in the airport. Nobody even blinked when she no. fell off the stage. <laughs> like. I don't know if it was this, if it was, if it was just great composure, you know, like stay on task, don't look away, or if it was just, eh, fuck, I don't care. I don't really like her. It's fine. Or that they just didn't even really notice. She's like, 
Like, oh, there was. Where'd Kylie go? Oh, never mind. She disappeared. I thought there was some dark energy somewhere around here that <laughs> seems to be missing now. I don't know where it went. She's kind of like There's the wicked a disturbance witch. Disturbance in the force. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you have at least one sibling because you said you married your brother. Uh, I did. I said that <laughs> I married. Married your brother. I did. I said I did say that. We're in not in Kentucky, right? I know uh, gay, mar- mar- gay right. marriage is legal in all fifty states. Yeah. Well, so y- you're you're not actually allowed to marry a sibling in Utah. Uh, I found out. Not legally, oh, anyway. Yeah. No, I I was ordained as a, a, a Pastafarian minister, awesome. and I performed. There we go. We need the, we need more at verbiage the, at the, the the wedding ceremony. I I was the officiant. I would say okay. that I was the officiant over my brother's uh, wedding last month. So, how many siblings have you got? Is it just you and your brother? Uh, no. Um, so, my mother had four children. I was the youngest. And uh, my mom – so, the the dad that I was speaking to earlier, he's my stepdad. He uh, basically raised me since I was um, less than two years old. Oh, wow. Um, and he had a daughter. So, I've got a stepsister and uh, I'm the youngest of four of my own siblings. Or so. so, there's five of us. Um, so, two sisters, two brothers, and then me. Um, and my oldest brother, uh, passed away in 2014. Oh, so. oh I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So is your birth father not in the picture at all? He, uh, he killed himself when uh, I was an infant. Well, geez, I just, I'm just yeah. digging that hole. Yeah. You are doing great with these questions, Dan. Yeah. No, I just, You're welcome. I just felt like it. Uh, I just felt like I could say that right now. <laughs> my, my oldest brother when I'm he, sorry, man. no, my oldest brother killed himself too. Well, oh, good Lord. Why, let's just change the subject. Maybe we can we can turn this into uh, a suicide thing. It's one of the things that has been bothering me recently is uh, that one of the main causes of death for young people in Utah mm-hmm. most recently is suicide, mm-hmm. especially among the LGBTQ, especially community. among that community in Utah, uh, and that. I feel fairly strongly about that. Not necessarily that my father or my brother were young people, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I could be an advocate for something like that. Yeah, but I mean, it's still it's it's the fact that they don't even acknowledge it in the state. Yeah, that this is going on. The numbers are increasing. Right around the same time, there's rhetoric from the LDS right. Church about how uh, basically. Uh, I don't know. They're 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 throwing away their own children. Right. I I think we should. If there's anything that that uh, atheists of you got Utah could do, uh, is send out some kind of info. I remember being a child, a small child, knowing that. So my 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 family's always been pretty open. So I always knew that my father had killed himself. I don't mm. remember when I learned that. It was just something that was. But I remember being in Sunday school and somebody that – I don't know why this topic would come up in Sunday school because I didn't ask it. Uh, but suicide was a sin and that people that kill themselves don't go to heaven or they don't go to the whichever kingdom, mm-hmm. the celestial kingdom. They don't go whatever. to the celestial kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I felt really weird about that. And well, that's – that's weird. I can imagine the 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 mental angst that goes through families, uh, especially the younger siblings of these other young mm-hmm. people who kill themselves. Uh, like what what that does. So I think if we could send out, I don't know, some kind of public service announcement that says 
There's no heaven anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But still don't do it. Yeah. But I mean, to, yeah, to the, to the people who don't kill themselves. Yeah. But. And I mean, and that's, that's one of the flaws in the afterlife for religion is you're told yeah. that, Hey, when you die, you get to spend the rest of eternity with all your friends and your families and see everyone you've loved in life. But wait, what if like I had a best friend that killed himself and I, I won't get to see him, but he's the only person I want to see in afterlife. But you're telling me that he won't be there because he's going straight to fucking hell, one-way ticket, because he killed himself. It's, so, part, of, it's part of what really you. bothers me about my dad going back to church and being Mr. Super Mormon now is that his his younger brother who – I don't know, it sounds stupid, but they grew up like brothers. They were, they were the two closest brothers mm-hmm. out of the four. So my dad's younger brother – uh, my dad was born like three or four months premature oh, okay. in the 50s. Oh, wow. So they basically told my grandmother, we'll do what we can, but it's you should go good. home and mm. you know we'll let you know. We'll keep you apprised of the situation. So she went home and immediately started trying to get pregnant again. So uh, she got pregnant with my uncle uh, you know, shortly after going home. And, and while my dad was still in the hospital... Um, so chronologically, my dad and his brother were 10 months apart, but biologically, as far as gestation periods, it was like less than nine months. So they were really close growing up and my uncle killed himself and my dad felt huge and I'm sure still feels a huge amount of guilt for that because my uncle had reached out to him and wanted him to come over and hang out with him. He was saying, you know, I'm going through a hard time. My uncle was a raging alcoholic and my dad had gotten kind of tired of dealing with all of that. So he didn't go over. And next thing he heard was my aunt calling him to say that my uncle had put a shotgun in his mouth and she walked into the room and found him. That's. But now my dad is super Mormon where the LDS teaching is that you know, my dad won't. If my dad makes it to the celestial kingdom, yeah. which his brother is stuck. I in really, the I really don't see that happening. But his brother's not going to be there. I'm not going to be there. No. My sister's not going to be there. My sister tried killing herself, fucking a dozen times or more, and then she ended up. Her her death was a passive. I mean, even her death was a passive suicide. She got bladder cancer and didn't want to treat it. <laughs> Because she had tried to kill herself like a dozen fucking times. She was she was in a wheelchair from shooting herself in the chest and, and the bullet ended up lodged in her spine, so she was paraplegic. I mean she was Oh wow. My sister was fucked up. And, you know, after that spent the rest of her life just committing passive suicide yeah. and while also doing active things to try to kill herself. And yeah, my dad is now all in with the LDS church, like I almost died, so I better get right with God. And I've known people that have had the same things, gotten cancer, and all of a sudden they, they find God. It's like, well, you that's not how this works, because you were a pretty shitty person, like, the rest of your life. Well, I guess if you're, he was Catholic, my buddy was Catholic. So I guess there you just kind of go, yep, God forgave me of everything I did in the past, and I'm good. Yeah. Let's do a couple of Hail Marys here. Yeah. <laughs> he might have needed to do a few thousand. If I believe that I was saved because once a baby boy was born and before mutilated um, uh, uh, was made the extraordinary discovery that he'd escaped the female birth canal, his mother was a virgin, or at least her birth canal was only one way, 
that thus I was a, a sorry thing, by the way, religion's distaste for these regions, don't you find? And something to put you on your guard. Suppose I thought, okay, now I know that, that must prove his teachings are true, which it doesn't seem to me that they do, but suppose I did, and I'm going to be saved by it. I think that was a wonderful secret. It would make me happy. It should make me happy. It doesn't make people happy. They can't be happy till I believe it too. My children must be taught this stuff. No, sir, no ma'am, no day, no way, no shape, no form. You keep your illusion private. So are your other siblings religious? No, I'm going to say. Um, so the <laughs> my brother who, who died uh, was an atheist. Uh, we did get, I did have that conversation with him at some point. Uh, the other, I have, one of my sisters may or may not be religious. She's, she's kind of all over the place. In she's the, doing in the this. hokey pokey. She's in the hokey pokey. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And the other two are fairly apathetic. I don't, I don't feel like they, they're, they feel very strongly one way or the other, but they won't. They always, uh, humor me when I, uh, rant about my atheist topics <laughs> and they don't question it. They don't, you know, they don't really fight back or anything like that or, or offer anything. They just kind of shake their, their head and go, okay. But I, I feel like they're, they're, they're in limbo. They're, they're not, they're not on this page yet. They're more oh, apatheist than anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think that, I think in a certain way they're, they're kind of like that, uh, well, what's the the thing? You better, you better. It's better safe to to believe it than it. Oh, uh, the uh, uh, oh, uh, fucking! I can't even. Why can't I think of it? Now I'm drawing a blank and it's killing me. <laughs> it's wager, uh, Pascal's yeah, wager. Pascal's yeah. wager. Yeah. Exactly. I think I think that's where I would actually say that that's where they are. But my, that's just me. My aunt's only argument is Pascal's wager. Yeah, you yeah. She actually posted it on Facebook yeah. this morning. Did you did you comment? I no. want to be friends with your aunt so that I can comment on shit like I this. I didn't comment. I so wanted to. I'm, I'll pull up the thing right now. Have you I heard mean, anything else from Ryan's Christian friend lately? Oh, <laughs> I guarantee I can look something up right on now on him. I, I'll I'll type him in in the Facebook right now, <laughs> and we'll I'll find some gold pretty quick. <laughs> but I mean, so so your your other siblings are kind of apathyist. They don't really. They probably just haven't. They don't care to take the time to examine it, right? It's not no, that big I, a deal. I th I think they're in the same category that I was, uh, where it they probably just didn't want the answer, you know. Uh, if I don't examine it, then it, I don't. Have it, to I don't. Think I don't have it. to. I don't, deal I don't with have it. to face the yeah. face the harsh reality of. So I've always been in the camp where I I just need to know. I yeah. need to know. I need yeah. to know. And so the ironic thing was, you find out that you don't know, but that's okay. <laughs> that's i just needed i needed to question i needed answers and and the best answer was that it probably no i don't i don't think that there's a god so it, yeah. that, that's what you're looking at here okay i can live with that fair enough uh but but it was very i remember having that that feeling that i, I do i do i not believe in god i don't believe in god <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a very uh one-sided but but that conversation happened like i was talking to myself like do i i don't it was interesting you know i i feel dumb sometimes for and, and i like i'll i'll admit it right now like i still i feel dumb when it happens but i still have this 
this little twinge, this little inside voice, this little this little something in the back of my head that if it's raining really hard, if there's a thunderstorm out, that you gotta get your thunder buddy. That what is what that is a thunder buddy? <laughs> oh, you've never heard of you never seen. I know what a thunder buddy. Is. <laughs> I, I'm missing out. I don't know. Neither of you. That's, oh. that's a what is that, Mister Dad or something? No, no, Mr. it's Dad, it's it's the fucking, uh, uh, with the teddy bear Ted. It's the movie yes, Ted. Ted. Yeah, oh, I've seen the movie Ted, right? Yeah, Dad, the first the, one, the talking bear. And yeah, talking Mark bear Wahlberg. when yeah. there's a thunderstorm coming and the bear jumps in the bed with Mark Wahlberg and they're both there doing oh, their I thunder didn't... buddy song, okay. telling the thunder to fuck you, fuck off, thunder. <laughs> I thought that, that was a. I, I really enjoyed the movie, but I, I don't remember that part. <laughs> but so when that, whenever there's a big thunderstorm, like there's this, there's this small still voice in the back of my head that's like, well. Better not question God or he's going to strike you with a lightning uh, bolt. Like, still, me, Mr. Firebrand Outspoken yeah. Atheist, I still, yeah. there's this tiny little thing in the back of my head that that whispers whispers that kind of bullshit to me all the time. And I just try to stomp it, yeah. try to stomp <laughs> it out, set it on fire, put it in the back of my mind, put it in a little box and crush it. Yeah. And I just can't. It's still, there's this little nagging thing in the back of my mind. <laughs> and it bothers me a lot, but I can't. Like, like it's getting it. Like yeah, every year, it's a little less. And I'll wander out into the rain, like, ah, ah. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, there's still this yeah. little bit of something that that I that I'm, yeah, I'm glad I don't, I don't know. have that. Yeah, the only the only thing that I can say right now that that I hang on, and I don't even hang on to it. It's just an intrinsic thing uh and i guess i'm just gonna play off this dead brother thing again <laughs> it, you're it welcome is uh <laughs> it, it's it's weird to think that this bastard doesn't exist anymore like just gone just gone yeah, yeah. like ah uh, what so one of the most i don't know it was like sad funny cathartic uh and just appropriate things that happened was so me, my other brother, the one that I performed his marriage, uh, and my, mo- and my mom and dad, uh, the brother you married. Yeah. Yes, the brother yes. I married. Uh, we were at, uh, my brother's gravesite and, uh, uh the living brother, <laughs> Kelly, his name's Kelly. Kelly, uh, he had been po- he, he had probably, probably been drunk since Kendall died. Uh, uh-huh. He had like so Kelly, Kendall, and Kevin, and my sister's mm. Carrie. Wow, we're very Utah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, is very very Utah. And the funny thing is, is my stepdad, his name's Kenneth. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. He fit right in. Um, so Kelly had a beer in each pocket, one in his hand, Bud Light, and he he, he we're we're just standing around the gravesite. He, he, he swigs the last bit of his beer, puts the can on Kendall's, uh, stone, smashes it with his foot and says, fuck face. (laughs) 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 And I just kind of smiled and laughed out loud. (laughs) Like, yeah, fuck you, fuck face. (laughs) Cause that's, I don't know, that's, that's relationship we brothers had. He was, he was. He, he was our fuck face. 
<laughs> but the you know the fact that 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 he's gone and that that he won't have experienced that because it, we were all very retaliatory. We we're all very uh, you, you, you fuck with one, then you fuck with the other, and it was just all in this this circle of of. <laughs> Sometimes oh. just violence, <laughs> brotherly <laughs> violence, um, a circle of fuckery. Yeah, fuckery, <laughs> and that—that's the one thing that that I hang on to is that. Ha, Ken! Oh, he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Take that! Oh, fuck! Yeah, it's just wasted. It's yeah. wasted on everybody. <laughs> I saw it, so it was, it was good. I liked it. <laughs> well, I didn't have to look far to find something semi batshit crazy by this guy I know. He posted this last night around 11 o'clock. Oh, okay. So he posted a story that says, yes, the mass is biblical and rooted in the beliefs and practice of early church. Amen. I wish I could find those two non-demons who came to my door telling me the good news of the Passover of the Lamb, to which I uh, stated already, has been around with apostolic succession in the Catholic faith. Apostolic? Ch- yeah. Like I, I, what? He might have been trying to spell popsicle. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's, that's probably where apostle with apostle succession in the Catholic How is faith. Apostle spelled A P O S T O L I C. Apostle. I have no idea what the fuck that is. I don't know what that is either. He has some words I've never heard of before. So uh, apostasy. Apostolic, maybe? Uh, so, uh, apostolic. Yeah, there we go. So apostasy is speaking out against, right? Yeah. So what? Well, an apostolic is is like an apostle speaking. Okay. Oh, there we go. With apostolic succession in the Catholic faith during the church's early apostolic? days. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want a popsicle. <laughs> As true food and true drink, being the body and blood of Jesus, not symbolic whatsoever. So that's just always sunny in F- Philadelphia. That. One of the my favorite episodes is uh, I can't even remember the, the character's name. He just says Charlie. Charlie. So then you just proceed to eat, eat the him? man. <laughs> 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 and this guy goes the mass literally every day, and apparently he thinks he eats Jesus literally, every day. Literally. Well, he's Catholic, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, like hardcore, crazy, crazy Catholic. Ask him how he feels about cannibalism. In general, ooh, like in is, general. He, he's he's a selective cannibal. I mean, if you're not eating your savior, how do you feel? How do you feel about yeah. just eating human well, beings? You in can't general? just let your savior go to waste. That's <laughs> I know that's a sin. He, he rots. Yeah. So you, uh, you've got to use every bit, every tendon and morsel. I, I don't know if you want me to read this post from my aunt or not that you want to go off on. Oh yeah. I want to say something about the spirituality debate. Then just fucking say it. Don't tell me you want to say it. Just well, fucking do it. Well, she's going Jesus to, she's, Christ, she's, lady. She's going to do it right now. God. You don't believe in God? I want to say it, but I'm not sure if I should. You just said you want to say it. That's <laughs> stupid. You're writing. You don't have to tell me you want to say it. You're saying it. She probably copied and pasted this like everything else she posts. Jesus. You don't, you don't believe in God? Fine. Why is it important for many of you to mock those of us who do? If we're wrong, what have we lost uh, when we die? Nothing. Uh, Can I, I, how wanna, does... I, I just want to interrupt. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> I'm, I'm over here like. <laughs> <laughs> 
the the harm is, is not what happens when you die. It's the, it's the life that you wasted. Oh, so wh- I feel she's like getting I'm, to that next. That I feel like I'm doing somebody a favor by at least encouraging him to say that perhaps you're making a mistake. Well, and not even just the lives that they waste themselves, but the lives they harm with their religious fuckery, with their religious beliefs that tell mm-hmm. them that they have to. That they have to infringe on everybody else's right to sovereignty over their own bodies, over their own decisions, over their own lives. That they have to force other people to live to their own religious standards. That's bullshit. One of the things I often respond to is is saying that supporting somebody's uh, somebody wasting their life on a lie or mm-hmm. on a fable. There's there, there's nothing noble about that. I, I shouldn't. No, I don't have to support that. I don't have to yeah. think that that's you're not doing good. I don't see why. Uh, my support is necessary. Yeah. Well, it, well, I mean, you could use the same argument for somebody who's a drug addict. Well, I'm not harming anybody else. I'm just harming myself. Why, why would you even bother telling in, telling me anything about it? Because I care about you as a person. I think you'd be better served by, uh, not living, doing living your life yeah. to the fullest. Yeah. You, you might have already answered this next line. Oh. How does our believing in Jesus bring you any harm? You think it makes me stupid, gullible? Fine. How does that affect you? If you're if wrong, if it's fine, she wouldn't be making this post. Yeah. Hmm. If you're wrong, your consequences is far worse. Is I would rather is far worse. No, yeah. no, no. I'm just saying that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. Your consequences is far worse. Is, is far worse. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather live my life believing in God and serving Him and finding out I was right than not believing in Him and not serving Him. And find out I was wrong. There's a lot of commas in that one. Then it's too late. Are they Oxford? Does she use the Oxford? They comma? appropriately placed. Just, she well, she. Uh, I, I guess superfluous use of commas, but did well, she at no. least use the Oxford? No, comma? she did not use it correctly. Oh, well, because there's an and serving him comma and finding out I was right comma then not believing in him and not serving him comma and find out so just random commas. Uh, thought breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, wow, it's too late. Uh, and no shame in my game. I believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> he said, deny me in front of your friends, and I will deny you in front of my father. <laughs> Ain't no shame in my game. Yep. <laughs> That's hilarious. Did she did she grow up in the inner city? <laughs> no, no, she grew up in the country. Oh. Ain't no shame in my game worshiping Jesus in his then, name. The only <laughs> comments were exactly how we feel. Thank you, Blank, for posting this. I feel the same. Her name is Blank? I did left her name out. Oh, I was being man. kind. That's fair. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. I can do that. Sure. So you've been a non-believer since the age of 14. How old are you now? 32. 32? God damn it. You're still the old man in the room. feel old all the time around you fuckers. You're you're just barely 30. I'm 31. 31. I'll be turning 32 in seven months. (laughs) Well, congratulations, Ryan. (laughs) Matt's what, 36? No, I think. he's like, I thought he's only like 34, 35. Well, he's got a 16-year-old? Yeah. He's, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, my grandfather was 15 years apart from my great-grandfather. Nice. So, 
Well, you said you you played sports when you were younger. Mm-hmm. What sports did you play? Uh, s- baseball uh, and wrestling mostly. Uh, I played a little I bit of football. I could never do the wrestling. I really enjoyed wrestling. So wrestling yeah. is the only one that I went through. All my friends who did wrestling through, really through. loved it. I'm like, nah. I couldn't wear the the the, yeah. the onesie. I'm just like I rolling around. Well, now I could. Yeah. Rolling now I could as a joke. Sure. Guy. It was not. Yeah, I, I, was yeah. not ever something. I had I was no into. problem with the onesie. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah, but grabbing hold of another guy's junk while yeah. in a onesie, I was like, yeah, I didn't I see the moves you guys do. And I didn't a intentionally lot of... grab anybody's junk, but I'm sure it happened. <laughs> yeah, and that's why, like, and I don't feel bad about it. And I'm like. Well, yeah, and all There's my, a lot all of like I said, all of my buddies oh, who were into yeah. wrestling, they fucking loved it. They, they, it was the greatest thing ever. It, it was just never anything I was yeah. into. I, it was, I, that's the only thing I miss from high school, especially was wrestling. I, yeah, I had a good time. Uh, it was, it was a great sport. It, it's very hard. It's very harsh. Um, I, it's I a lot about, of fucking work for well, sure. Yeah, I thought about getting back into it uh, recreationally. Um, and I no tra- one just recreationally wrestles. That's it, called WWF. Well, so, so certain people will <laughs> get into, uh, like jujitsu. Yeah. Uh. Um, but it turns out that hurts too. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not up for it any longer. You know, what we've discovered around here that does not hurt. Beer, Thirty-two, and you're beer and you're podcasting not up to pain anymore. No, no, I don't need that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, well, so, what position in baseball? Uh, mostly, uh, I I liked to play third base, um, but I was kind of an everywhere kind of guy. Yeah. So third, short, yeah, left center. Yeah, yeah. I I literally played everywhere. Um, in competition except first base. I've it was, I was I'm sh- short. I'm five eight, five nine. I was never, and I'm right handed, so just what never first base was not a an ideal. Yeah, I position. never played first base either. Uh, first first and second were never mm-hmm. never my bag. I played catcher and hated it. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I, I didn't play it first or bag. second bag. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I I played a little bit of catcher. I was I was good enough at it i didn't do um, catcher either yeah um, i was six foot in eighth grade oh wow so playing catcher i'm like i'm the tallest fucker here you're making me right. crouch down into the smallest <laughs> position yeah so in eighth grade i was one of the the bigger children uh and i didn't grow an inch since <laughs> and, uh, this, guess what me I, neither i got fatter and a little bit uh <laughs> you know i filled out a little mm-hmm. bit more muscly but not that was it so I, uh, the last year that I played football, uh, I was ninth grade freshman. So I was on the freshman team in at Snow Canyon, and I was 135 pounds. That was that was, uh, that was my wrestling weight. So I wrestled oh, at okay. 135 pounds, and I played football that year, and I was an offensive lineman. And that's the year when kids started to grow. Yeah, it's like I'm like 100. So I'm like, yeah, I was 135 pounds ninth grade, and I was as an off. offensive lineman. Yeah, I was. Hey, I was the the starter. I was the right guard. Wow. And uh, I think it was just that I was good at wrestling, and so like I could just take Get, the angles. Yeah. Mostly, I got ran over, <laughs> but stopped the guy from getting the quarterback. Yeah, that's it. Like basically, I was an obstacle. That was fairly effective. I got beat up every game, and I never wanted to play again. And I never did. <laughs> <laughs> Not since ninth grade? Not since ninth grade. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, cause I wanted to be uh, either a running back or um, – I mean, that's more like the, the size that you were at the time would be good for. I'm slow. 
Oh, that's it. I'm I'm slow, or I, or I wanted to be a linebacker or a run or a running back, and I was too slow for both. So I was effective enough as an offensive lineman. That's it. Yeah, I was I was right around six foot, two hundred pounds freshman year oh, high wow. school. Yeah, good for you. And then uh, during soccer, I lost about twenty pounds and can never gain it back. We don't need that. Well, yeah, but then I was like, "Whoa, that weight helped out in football." No, that's just <laughs> that's just future knee pain. Is all that is. Oh, I already got that one. <laughs> How do you decide what to cherry pick? You decide what to cherry pick on the basis of what you have decided is a good thing on other criteria. So we reject the horrific story of Lot and the angels and all the other horrific stories in the Old Testament and the mega horrific story, as I've just said, of the, of the New Testament. You pick on nice stories like the Sermon on the Mount. But the criterion by which you do your cherry picking is, of course, something that we all share, which is we are decent human beings. So how do you feel about firebrand atheism versus the diplomats? And I'll throw this in there, too. What do you think about uh, religious moderates? And I Well, okay, so that that's – there's a lot going on there. What, yeah, that was what that I was like kind say, of three really fucking right. huge questions, really. Let me say it as uh, succinctly as possible. In public and mass, I think we ought to be the David Silverman firebrand atheist. When we're speaking in public uh, on the record for atheists that we are a large part of the public, we ought to be counted and that we ought not to – equivocate we shouldn't um we shouldn't soften things we shouldn't or? soften things uh for others benefits in our personal relationships i lean more towards the uh pete bogosian uh street epistemology uh the I read the Socratic method. The kind Socratic of stuff. method. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciated Bogosian's um, book, A Manual for Creating Atheists. It is dealing with people one on one and uh, not. You're not. You're not softening anything. You're asking real questions. You're. You're. You're asking people why they believe what they what they believe. They answer. You repeat it to them. This is what you believe in their own words. You might make it sound a little bit incredulous or like, really? That's that, but, but you just said this. And this then, is what you believe. You just, right. you just said this. I just want to make sure that yes, I'm perfect. That clear. I, that I'm using your words that I yeah. didn't, that I'm not putting words in your mouth. Okay. That's what you believe. That I'm, that I'm correctly stating what you just told me. Right. You need to be a check on this. And so, yeah, with, so publicly, David Silverman on our personal lives, Pete Bogosian and the, what was the third part? What? Uh, religious. Religious moderates. Yeah. Moderates. I, I, now I'm going to take Sam Harris's uh, <laughs> cue. I, I don't appreciate uh, religious moderates. Uh, the moderates, um, <laughs> uh, we, I appreciate my, um, Moderate religious friends' points of view, uh, exactly to the extent of which they do not follow their religion. So, my Catholic friends who don't hate gay people and don't have a big problem with mm -hmm. uh, Planned Parenthood, well, 
I appreciate them as people. They're, they're good people, uh, but they're bad at their religion. Mm-hmm. And they're also bad at their religion because, well, uh, the Catholic Church has had scandal after scandal with uh, sexual abuse. And these moderates who don't speak up and don't say – don't call foul mm-hmm. on, on things that, that uh, are untoward – they allow that is basically just enabling uh, bad behavior. Uh, I, I, moderates, when it comes to looking the other way, and it, it doesn't even have to be necessarily religion, but anytime you can look the other way when bad things are happening for the good of the group, for the good of the institution, instead of the well-being of people, yeah. you, you're, I don't support you. I can't, I can't say that it's okay. So you no, can't, so, I, I couldn't call him a, a good moral person. No. So, so a moderate religious person as, or moderate atheist, as I understand it in, in the context in which I have described somebody who just goes along to get along while overlooking in some instances, atrocities. Uh, I, I, I don't support it. I, I can't uh, see any reason why that's a good position. Yeah, and I I vacillate a little bit back and forth on moderates, like because moderates prop open the door for the extremists, right? But that's what I believe. Yeah, in, yeah, in and yeah, and I do too. But without the religious moderates, how do we get the extremists? To not be so extreme. You know what I mean? Like, I can approach an extremist as an atheist and they completely disregard anything I have to say at all. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're talking on two different planes, mm-hmm. right? They are, they are so into their religion that anything I say, they just instantly disregard. Whereas somebody who's in the middle, you know, somebody who can kind of meet them halfway as a moderate can kind of talk them down on, on a few different things, right? But, like I said, I, I I I vacillate back and forth because those moderates still leave the door open for. Let's say that let's say that there were no extremists at all. Mm-hmm. Like extremists, just wasn't a thing that happened anymore. No Tea Party. They were gone. Mm-hmm. They they had all become religious moderates or atheists. Mm-hmm. But then you still have the religious moderates out there that still leaves the door open for anybody to learn those teachings and go wait. You as a moderate aren't doing your religion right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you how to do your religion right, and it's to be an extreme believer in your religion to to follow it to a T. And you're not doing. We that. don't even have to use the word extreme or extremist. We could just say fundamentalist. fundamentalist yeah. yeah, right. So there's something wrong with your fundamentals, in my opinion. Uh, I I don't. I I think that we agree on this, Dan. I think that. Uh, m- I don't want to put words in your mouth. So moderates op- leave the door open. And I think that is just the way that it, that it goes, that, that, that the door will be open until uh, moderates swing to the side of reason. Yeah. yeah, uh, they, yeah I'd rather see will. them go towards the side of reason instead yeah. of being like, well, let's live our religion, you know, the way it's written. Cause then I'm like, I think of ISIS. So any one person is entitled to believe and follow their religion to the end, in my opinion. And and the caveat being that when it comes to exterior people, Mm -hmm. you must allow for autonomy. So 
okay, I can believe that uh, homosexuals ought to be stoned to death, but because I believe in the autonomy of other people, I can't participate. Yeah. The second you act on that. And I can't support others participating mm-hmm. because that third party does not participate in this religion. They, 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 they don't follow it. So, yeah, you can hold the view that something is wrong or something should be. But once somebody else's sovereignty, their, their, their personal autonomy is being acted upon outside of their beliefs, you're wrong. See, and sometimes I worry that I push moderates, right? Like, you as a moderate won't do this, but that's what your God commands. That's what your that's what your mm-hmm. big book of instructions tells you needs to happen, and you're not doing it. Why mm-hmm. are you not doing it? And I like I worry sometimes <laughs> when I'm yeah. pushing them. Like, no, so, you get out there and stone those gays. Why lo- aren't you doing that? See, and that that's where I worry yeah. about like the crowd mentality taking over. Yeah, you know, you get a few, and yeah. they're kind of like, okay, yeah, the Trump I, I know it's wrong. It's Trump. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I there know it's go. wrong. I don't agree with what they're doing. I do think they should be put to death, but it's something we shouldn't do. But you get enough voices all saying, yeah, they should be put to death. Yeah, I, I agree. They should be put to death. And you get enough of those voices going on, and it's going to cause yeah. people to actually go out and fucking kill people, which we- Oh, has and will. Yeah. Which and, that, and that, then, that's where I said, like, with the, the ISIS person, thing. And then me as the person who was saying, you're doing it wrong, and they all start going, oh, well, yeah, you're fucking right. Let's, I should let's, kill let, gays. Fuck, let's go do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Shit. I fucked up. Sorry. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. If, if I were to offer my opinion in that, I'd say lean towards Pete Bogosian and start asking questions why they believe it, not do they believe it. Yeah. Can you tell me why this is? Can you tell me? Oh, so <laughs> did you see there, there was that, that that post in the the atheists of Utah? Somebody was saying, "Oh, Jesus is Lord," something something, and uh, he said that uh, Jesus speaks through through texture. And so I responded, saying, "So does uh, responds through texture te- through scripture?" Oh. Okay. oh. I I'm was thinking sorry. like Braille. Texturally, yeah. I, so yeah. if I was thinking text and scripture, I might have combined the two. And oh, okay. uh, I was like, do I rub the wall and like right. God he, said? He, yes. So I was thinking text Kill. and I said texture instead of scripture. God speaks through him, uh, speaks to him through scripture. Okay. And so I, so I responded saying, uh, does, does God speak to you, uh, through words that aren't written? Are you seeing words that are not written in the scripture? And he just responds, no. So I didn't get any further because I didn't want to get pulled into the weeds. And, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, and I, and I actually re- liked his, his answer. Oh, this was, this was the Christian who was trolling yeah. the atheist yeah, yeah. of Utah page. Right? But at the end of the, at, at the end of the, on the, the line, camping trip post, yeah, yeah. at the end of the, the, the line, he just said, no. When I asked if, if he was reading words that weren't written, like, so how, how do you have a channel to this uh, this God that, that you've that, got the that, bat phone, the, right. the red phone line to God, right? Because he was saying things like, "No, God hates religion." I'm like, "Well, how do you know he hates religion?" And didn't I've never read that. No. Why? Why would he speaks through me? It speaks to me through Scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, where did you read that? Are you just picking and choosing? No. All right, well, let's, let's end there. Yeah. <laughs> We're not getting anywhere. But I felt like that was a great ending. So yeah. maybe, maybe that person, maybe that person's just off sitting in a corner thinking about it a little maybe. bit. Maybe. I, I always wonder about that too with people who say that they're, you know, spiritual, but not religious mm-hmm. or they're Christian, but they're not religious. 
and they think religion is bad, and it's like, okay, well, without religion, how would you know fucking anything about any of this? Yeah. Without without Catholicism, without the Protestants, without the Methodists, without the Jews, without the Hindus, without any of these re- world religions, how would you have any fucking idea what a god is or why you should worship them or follow any particular religious tradition i mean people who say that they you know that they're christian but not religious what the fuck does that even mean how would you even know what a christian is if it weren't for christian religions well that's not my jesus (laughs) (laughs) my jesus is all about love yeah that's why i always i always love going back to that experiment where they have i can't remember how many primates it was in the cage but you got four primates in the cage and I thought you said you didn't remember how many. I don't remember, but we have to have a number to <laughs> start with. Let's let's use we the number four. Have, we have to have a number let's to start with. Let's just start okay. with four. Let's so I'm going to start with the number four. four. Four sounds fine. Okay. So, uh, and they have a ladder inside the cage that only one monkey can climb up at a time. And at the top of it, they'll place food. So there's three monkeys on the bottom, one on a One ladder. monkey is going up the ladder to get the food. To get the food. When that monkey gets to the top and starts to get the food, they hose the rest of the monkeys down until it actually viciously beats up the other one. So they keep doing it over and over and over again. Until what? Say, what viciously beats up the other one? The other monkeys will stop the stop whoever's trying to get the food from so, getting it. Oh, they, because they don't want to get the Because they don't want to get hosed. Oh, right. Okay. So, okay. so the end, end reason is that the, the monkey on the ladder is doing something that, that harms the That's rest going of the monkeys. Yes. Right. So then they'll put another monkey in that has not seen the water yet. And he will do the same thing. Well, he will attempt. He will attempt, but all the monkeys will start pulling him off and not allow him to do it. And then they'll start slowly taking the other four in there and replacing them with new monkeys until eventually none of the monkeys in the cage have ever been hosed down for grabbing food from the top of the ladder. But they'll all keep repeating the same action of pulling the monkey down from the ladder, the new one that comes in, until none of them will go after the food. Right. None of them know why they're doing it. None of them know what's even – they just know I should not go get that food. Yeah. They don't know why they're doing it, so I kind of look at that the same way with religion. Have you not You're heard taught that, this over and over to generation heard from this, generation that they from generation. They replace all of them and that they would do that. They, yeah. would, they would replace all the monkeys and they would keep doing it. Every time they replace a monkey, they would teach the new one not to climb up the ladder. Yep. But until, but, but I mean, eventually, like you said, all of them are swapped out. So all of them are swapped so all out. All of the original the, monkeys who knew why what was happening. Oh, so the so the place. monkeys that are that are still in there have just learned from the other monkeys. From the other yes. monkeys not that to you climb, the ladder. climb the ladder, but they don't know why. They don't know why. Right. Okay. They so, have no clue. So eventually, so at first, all or most of the original monkeys had tried to climb the ladder to get the food. And, and all the others get and hosed. And they all learned that anytime they climb the ladder, everybody gets hosed. And so a new monkey comes in, tries to do it, the other ones stop it. Because they don't want to get hosed. They don't. Right. They want to get hosed, and that uh, that mentality is is taught in the group, and so all of the original monkeys are swapped out for new monkeys who have never actually been hosed. It, so each of the the subsequent like so like once, generations. So yeah. So the next generation who none of them have actually been hosed, they don't allow the other ones to climb the ladder because. Bad shit happens when you do that. I don't, they don't know what it is. They just know something will happen if you climb the ladder, and right. it's not good. Yeah, you know, this institutional kind of knowledge. It, it reminds me of a story. Uh, when I when I first came out as an atheist, I did it on Facebook, 
and just I basically just changed my religious views from agnostic or, or maybe I just had it blank to atheist and fucking people lost their minds. But uh, this was when I lived in Clearfield and my neighbor at the time was was like the head of a plant in in the area. They okay. they they did they they made like breakfast sausages and breakfast prepackaged oh, okay. breakfast foods and shit out there. And uh he was he was relating to me that as as a manager out at this plant, uh he he had found out that every day at the end of the workday somebody had to go and turn this this particular switch off. It was like this big breaker switch. He's like, nobody knows why they do it. They just know that at the end of the day, they have to turn this breaker switch off. And if they don't, bad shit will happen, right? But nobody knows what that bad but shit nobody is. Knows, nobody knows yeah. what they're actually turning off, what it's yeah. doing. And every morning, somebody comes in and they flip the switch on before they start everything. At the end of the day, somebody flips the switch off. He's like, so I get there as the new plant manager, and I'm like, well, what the fuck does a switch do? And nobody knew. He's like, so... We unscrew the plate, we take the switch apart, and it's not connected to fucking anything. <laughs> it's just this, it's just this fucking old, old like, it, I've, it, you know, at one time it, it was probably connected to something, but since then, you know, for years it has been disconnected. The wires are cut off, it's not connected to fucking anything, but for years, people are turning the switch on in the morning, turning its switch off at night. You know what it probably started off as? There was one guy they didn't like. <laughs> so like, we fucking hate him following us out of work. So at night, we're going to tell this guy it's his job to turn that switch off. We're just going to book it every night. Well, and so <laughs> so he's telling me this story, and I'm like, oh, yeah? Are you religious? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, kind of, sort of. I mean, so, I'm, I'm kind of Christian, but. So you do things without questioning him? I'm like, so you're turning the switch on in the morning and turning the switch off at night. I said, you know, I there and, and this was like really early. When, when I had just barely come out of the atheist closet, right? And I, and I told him, I said, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that I'll talk to about this in, mm-hmm. in real life. And I said, but I'm an atheist and I don't, I don't typically tell people that at the time in real life because uh, a very large portion of the population equates atheism for some unknown reason with, with being a Satanist. Yeah. Which I'm both now, but, which is which but is not the kind of, of Satanist right. they think of. Yeah, but but yeah. you know they, so many people at the time and and probably still today equate atheism with a belief and a literal Satan of, of with yeah with a with, with a worship of Satan. And I'm like, so I don't really tell a whole lot of people that because they confuse the two and whatever. And he's like, oh, well, I guess that's cool. I can, I can <laughs> hang with that. You're all right. Then, like, but, by the way, we're not touching the switch ever again. Yeah, I'm just like, we'll keep on flipping that switch, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> if you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGI Podcast. Thanks, bitches. I think that about wraps it up for me. Yeah. We I have, have I have exhausted my list of questions for you. At least that I that I had formulated in my mind and kind of penned while we were while we were having our little discussion here. 
I appreciate uh, your your invitation onto the show. I've been a listener for quite a while now, and uh, I've actually kind of secretly wanted to be a guest. So, <laughs> so where, where where have we been fucking up on this show, and what have we been doing good? Okay. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you were no, too so, anxious no, no, no. to answer the fucking up question there. Okay, so no, I was really glad no, you asked me no, no, no. There's, there's no There's no fucking up. There's, I think you guys do uh, – I think you, you do great work, um, but – just in, but. in in honesty, no. There, you asked, so now we, I'm going to say no. Yeah, um, please. The I don't know. I just I just had a hard time listening to the free will ones. <laughs> Honestly, that we, I, we I've heard a lot of people say that. I think, very, I think, I think we weren't. Hard. I think we yeah. weren't really as prepared as we sure. should have been yeah. for those. Um, but I, I I appreciate the you you sent me a link to the Sam yeah. Harris one on free will. But I I really appreciate you guys' show, and I think uh, it's. I think you do great. So there's, there's, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't a knock. Uh, no, I think that was a totally fair knock. Oh, yeah. And I, I've, I felt the same way in going through it. Like, I don't feel like I've I don't prepared enough. Anybody, like, Matt's asking me these no. questions and I'm like, uh, I don't think anybody can have that conversation as it's a, a t- as it's a, a tough leader. one. Like, I, well, yeah, I was just listening to Sam Harris and Daniel Dennett yeah. talk about it. And these two are professional <laughs> philosophers. Yeah. And, even then, they get into the weeds. It's so deep and ratty. You're just like, what the fuck's going on here? Well, and I think they're talking about two different things, you know. And yeah. and Sam Harris has made, excuse me, I can't I can't think of exactly the way he phrased it, but it was like, you know, people are looking for Atlantis, and and I'm telling them that Atlantis never really existed. And Daniel Dennett's like, oh well, here we have this other Italian city that's a lot like Atlantis, but that's not what anybody's talking about. We're talking about Atlantis, the city that's buried under the sea, and you're still talking about this other city over here. Yeah. Like they're just, they're missing each other. And to some degree, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't I'm not going to disparage Daniel Dennett, but it seems like he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> like, like being, being like obtuse? Obtuse or, on purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he knows what Sam's saying. He is that intelligent. He knows what Sam's talking about, but he's not. I kind of got, I kind of got that sense. He's in, not, in he's that not latest. participating. Yeah. Sam's making a, a valid argument and, uh, Dennett, Dennett doesn't seem to like it. And he's just like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing along. I'm going to divert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I got, diverting. I got, I got that sense in, in Sam's latest show where it seems like Dennett just doesn't want to. He, he has he still has he, a he has an old school uh vision on uh morality that that uh people can't do good w- without fear of punishment and that maybe that's just what I picked up and I think that he's so afraid I of letting go of it, yeah. letting go of that idea that he can't uh say that that there's anything except free will and that this person must be punished well yeah because he kept talking about our judicial system and, yeah. and whether it's punitive or rehabilitative. Right. And yeah, it, uh, it, so I think, I think there were two things at play. I think one, Dennett doesn't want, you know, he's kind of dug in his heels, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't want to admit that he could have been wrong mm-hmm. or, or that he would have to adjust his thinking on this because he hasn't. I mean, he's softened it a little bit, but it's really just, then he's just being a softer compatible, uh, a softer compatibilist. But, on the other hand, too, he he is like you said. He's more old school, and it's it's well, if if free will isn't a thing, then we can't really punish anybody for what for doing something wrong. 
Right. And and Sam Harris is never saying that. He's just saying that if magically we had a pill for curing evil, <laughs> wouldn't we issue that pill? Give it to everybody? Wouldn't we do that? Yeah. That's and that's all his question is, is if that's how evil works, theoretically, was it's just some illness in some uh, psychosomatic or, or chemical imbalance in the head and we could fix it why wouldn't we do that yeah of course we would yeah yeah anyway uh yeah i like your show i i i'm uh, i feel honored to be a guest so well, i feel awesome honored that you're you. honored to be a guest uh, well, well good <laughs> it goes around then yay <laughs> all right well thanks so much for coming out man yeah we'll have to have you back anytime you want but I'll, I'll drop by. Sure, I'll just just say throw me out when you need uh, a stand-in or something. <laughs> All just, right, just throw me an invite. I'll come. I'll come along. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I want to go and watch some more of the RNC madness. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Ted Cruz had to say tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I am. <laughs> it's it's probably on Facebook already, whatever yeah. the crazy fuckery. Did he said. plagiarize, do you think? I guarantee he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't he probably just swallowed a tonsil stone and he's <laughs> talked a tonsil stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, didn't don't you remember that during the debate where he like coughed up this tonsil oh, yeah. stone and had it sticking I, on his lip forever? I didn't Everybody realize I didn't realize that that was yeah. the uh that was the phrase or that yeah. was the term that yeah. was being used. He yeah. uh he's he's probably reciting Kennedy's speech about going to the moon. Fucking disgusting. <laughs> Just right. they showed it the other day and again and I was like, God, that's so gross. Like this piece of fucking Throat yeah. cheese yeah. stuck to his tonsil lip stones that he just are back into his mouth. And <laughs> Speaking swallows. of Kennedy and the moon, do you think he'll he'll make a uh, a, a comment to his dad assassinating Kennedy? It <laughs> 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 was he was Pop probably it, it was, was probably the propagating that rumor. Yeah, he, was, right? he was the gunman from the grassy knoll. <laughs> like pops is always good with the rifle. There you go. <laughs> He's handy with steel, if you know what I mean. <laughs> He has developed a particular set of skills <laughs> while he was in Cuba. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, All right. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. Uh, if anybody has any questions, feel free to contact us and let us know. Otherwise, we will just chat at you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Now don't make a sound
Shut us down now, we find each other in the underground See, and the boys were thunder 